if you are here for the first time welcome to our community i hope you will find what you are searching for over the past 7 months i have seen that many of you come and listen to my podcast content however you do not follow or subscribe me i would be grateful if you could do so as it helps my podcast to grow Hello, thank you very much, Nilo, for having me on the show. My name is Stefan Neff. I'm a, a anesthetist. I'm a medical doctor uh, in beautiful New Zealand. So technically, I'm calling you from the next day. Do 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 do. I'm well ahead of your time. The good news is the world is still turning, guys. So there is actually really hope there. Whatever you're going through right now, I come from the future. I tell you, it's not as bad. Okay, so that's the good news. <laughs> Um it's interesting that you introduced me as a survivor. Mm-hmm. Um I actually completely uh do no longer see myself anywhere close to that. Mm-hmm. Um in the past I was very much a victim. Mm-hmm. So that's for sure, but nowadays um from the victim I went through the survivor stage. Mm-hmm. But then from the survivor I very soon left it behind me and nowadays I'm a thriver. Mm-hmm. um so i think this is such an important bit that we distinguish those mm-hmm. those things because when you really when you're in the darkness of course the only thing you can sometimes be well the first thing that you are is a victim mm-hmm. because things do happen to you sometimes you play quite a significant role in what happens to you mm-hmm. um was not necessarily the case in my, in in my scenario but you know sometimes it always takes two to tango mm-hmm. so trauma happens we become victims and then we hang around in there we have a bit of a pity party and mm-hmm. um try to you know roll with the punches i guess um resentment anger darkness uh so all sounds very familiar to many of your listeners and mm-hmm. certainly that was that was defining me for a very long time um for me actually it started when i was about 13 um I had in Germany quite a good upbringing. Um it was, you know, it was what it was. Um, uh, a divorce of my parents when I was young. My mum was working so I was a latchkey child. Uh quite normal things for the 70s in Germany ultimately. Mm-hmm. And that's certainly there was no no violence in my family. Uh maybe a bit of dis- uh, um disbandment, maybe a bit being left alone, you could say that. But no, no really nasty things. So then one day first girlfriend sitting romantically at a tram stop and I became the victim of a gang assault and um that completely changed my life and that completely um turned everything upside down in my life um I brought the gang leader behind bars he threatened to kill me um and it was there was quite some some pressure on me to very quickly grow up Mm-hmm. Um also the guys had beaten uh, um broken my front teeth so I was not particularly nice looking so and they don't they don't give you permanent replacements uh, when you're in the teenager years so no you get temporary kind of rubbish um so you can imagine there was deep inside very much bleeding and hurt mm-hmm. on the outside bleeding and hurt um 
it was what followed then was really five years of darkness because I knew this guy would come out. It was in my mind, there was this life and death Rambo uh, kind of mm-hmm. end game. And so I started training martial arts and I had these temporary crowns. So needless to say, it was a dark time. There was not much smile coming out of my mouth. Uh, and it was just darkness. Besides that PTSD, mm-hmm. um, then there were no real names for it. And there was certainly no help structures and nothing really where anyone would, you know, um, look out for me. So martial art became my life. And I guess um, I always had a good work ethic. So I worked very hard at school, worked very hard, then earning some money after school. And then in the evening, I would train. Um, so it was work, work, work. And you could argue mm-hmm. that I was a workaholic long before I became an alcoholic or mm-hmm. any, any other other holic. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so there you are. Um, interesting times. Violence is just waiting around the corner for many of us in our lives. Mm-hmm. And suddenly when you're there, you have to live with it. Yes. I, I'm sorry for calling you survivor. I'm don't not... be sorry. Don't be sorry. No. <laughs> it, is, it is part of our journey. You are. You become a survivor. So when I was Rambo, I was a survivor. Uh-huh. That was me in, in a nutshell. Literally, I became Rambo. Mm-hmm. From a little patchy teenager, I turned into a very physical specimen. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Um, needless to say, I was still broken inside. Mm-hmm. So I was a pure survivor at that time. So you're quite right. Mm-hmm. That was then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how was your, you know, how did you take your mental health diagnosis when you were diagnosed? How was your reaction? Because when you are in uh, when you are very young and given the fact that we are talking about uh, the matter of mental health back then, not now, like the awareness, the resources which we have right now is totally different than back then right so how was your reaction how did you take it how was your family with that did you get any support you know how did you well, find the yeah. diagnosis yeah. the weirdo diagnosis okay. it's basically you get on with life uh-huh. and i basically um started then studying medicine um so i left the town where i was and i knew this guy would never find me Mm-hmm. So therefore, I was could suddenly relax a bit. I found girls, but I also found alcohol. Mm-hmm. And alcohol was the most beautiful thing because it took all the pain away, took all the stress away, took all... Suddenly, I could love. And something that was very hard for me prior to that, uh, to, to alcohol coming into my life. So uh, if you ask me, had I been given a diagnosis? No, no. Okay. I was a man. I was the man. Look, I survived again. Here, look at what I am. I'm the man. It was that kind of mental abstract that you built. But the, the pain was there. The scars were there. So there was ongoing dreams. There were ongoing hypervigilance, etc., etc. There were dark times. And I just did not recognize them ever in myself. I, I saw them as a doctor miles away in patients who came into the clinic. No trouble. I could see anyone else in myself. No, 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 no. That, that's, that is the denial, the denial that goes so strong with all the mental health diagnosis, with everything that we do. 
mm-hmm. and it really i i kept working harder kept drinking harder uh and kept running away from those kind of negative emotions um and i saw myself as a failure mm-hmm. for having negative feelings for having resentment anger uh it everything was towards outside forces i never learned to look inside and never learned to actually analyze what is that that i'm feeling what are feelings so none of that was on the cards until really two three decades later really in my 40s only then did i get a diagnosis so to speak mm-hmm. and that was really when i was drinking far too much and then ultimately my family helped me with an inpatient rehab uh, uh admission and that was beautiful then suddenly i could stop think feel and listen to what other people were telling me and maybe the questions they were asking me and the questions were often so much more important because my own brain gave me the answers so suddenly i could see the trauma mm-hmm. i could see the depression i could see even the ptsd it, it was still a positive thing it was still a, a, a look at me the mm-hmm. survivor i was proud of that The, the diagnosis of PTSD really how much it played in my head only came came really about it five six years ago so um, even then I, there was still quite a bit of denial about that aspect because I had framed it in such a positive way um, yet the hypervigilance was still there which is great when you're a doctor you can't catch me out easily um, but equally to constantly run at 120 percent well you're burning out left right and center mm-hmm So would you do you think that you did not uh, you, you did not had time to be a vulnerable person at absolutely. when 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 the incident happened Oh absolutely Yeah there was vulnerability uh really in the in the German mm-hmm. uh mentality mm-hmm. was really not very much there Yeah um you know and also you know as a young man you're a man Mm-hmm. I mean my my heroes who were they uh Mel Gibson and Lethal Weapon Bruce Willis Die Hard mm-hmm. Rambo these kind of all these kind of uh negative macho kind of things a real man is a man is a man mm-hmm. okay and oh for crying out loud vulnerability was not something that was ever appreciated in in on the contrary in my in my framework that I created for myself this was weakness mm-hmm. vulnerability was weakness okay so that is something uh, you know i have also during the course of this uh, you know podcasting and when i was preparing for podcasting and i met some guest speaker as well so they do a develop the addiction you know addiction phase after your your when you do not I, when you have not resolved your emotions to overcome those pain and i do have seen that acceptance and you know become vulnerable uh, is something uh, that uh, serve as uh, you know victim you know uh, have gone through it so what would you say to um a young guy like who has suffered similar scenario like yours now how would you say to them like what what 
do you think would be the best advice would you give it to them <laughs> if he if you would let me i would give him a huge hug mm -hmm. because there are not enough hugs and and true meaningful touches in our life mm -hmm. certainly not for young macho men um on the contrary it is and i don't need to go this far because i've got two young men are uh, 21 and 22 and they both are hurt they both are confused they both have been at times they didn't know where they belong uh everything that a young man goes through and i think just to give such a young man a huge hug and say it's okay um it is it's absolutely fine what you're feeling is normal what mm -hmm. you see on on social media the kind mm -hmm. of bullshit of of uh everyone being happy rich uh you know all that uh it's such a fake mm -hmm. persona that people have forget everything you see out there and just sit for a moment and what you're feeling there that is okay mm -hmm. but it's it's a wave it's a wave of neurochemicals that mm -hmm. washes over you and you're angry okay feel it feel it how does it feel how about this anger really feel like mm -hmm. okay do you have a taste do you have a a color do you have a feeling mm -hmm. do you, you describe it because most of us have no clue about feelings mm -hmm. yes. we, we feel we feel something and we couldn't even put it in words yet if we actually start to learn more about ourselves uh delve more into ourselves yes. stop and feel and describe it maybe maybe journal and put it in words suddenly you begin to explore those emotions mm -hmm. and that is beautiful mm -hmm. i would i would ask him i would give him a big hug and then say hey look how are you feeling right now mm -hmm. I mean, what do you feel and if he says anger well that's cool okay and then let's sit together for a bit because that anger if we just talked two of us together you will steam off about whoever is making you angry and then probably in 10 minutes you feel very different mm -hmm. so what has changed okay so probably just time has changed but you have also maybe dealt with something mm -hmm. and put put it to bed mm -hmm. so brilliant so not just only have you experienced the emotion you actually dealt with it in a, in a in in a in a positive way mm -hmm. you didn't lash out you didn't punch a wall you didn't punch your girlfriend those kind of things so mm -hmm. whenever it comes to anger beautiful sadness now there's my goodness if you look on on social media either people are celebrating the victimhood mm -hmm. oh, i'm a victim i'm a victim so and so and so or they are completely denying that anything is wrong and these are you know young young girls ashamed that we that we don't that we are only in sound here but you you know that look the perped uh, the, the pursed kind of lips mm -hmm. they had a little bit to the side you just see one side of the face i swear there are girls out there who only have one side of a face <laughs> there's the other side does not exist you know it's that kind of look <laughs> and it, it drives you nuts so therefore it is let's be more honest with each other let's be more honest with ourselves and let's actually take that time but i think a big hug there are not enough hugs in this world mm -hmm. so i think especially for a young man uh -huh. to to be told look man i'm proud of you for yes. you crying i'm proud of you for you 
being upset, being emotional. Don't know what's right, what's right or wrong. I'm proud of you mm -hmm. because that means it, it means you're growing. Yeah, you're so outside of your comfort zone. Now is the time that you grow. I wouldn't say den, but that is basically the way I feel. Sometimes you win, sometimes you learn, uh -huh. and that is so beautiful. Uh -huh. What did uh, what did it mean to be a vulnerable person as a warrior? You know. Mm, good question. Uh, I didn't allow myself to. I needed alcohol when I was in that survivor mm. phase. I needed alcohol, and it was very easy for me. If I, I just needed to put the soundtrack of Les Misérables mm. on a very very beautiful musical, have two glasses of red wine, and I would be crying my eyes out. So I actually found a way that I can unleash these negative emotions and really snot and all cry. But it was only those moments when I hit myself, I made everything dark, no one could see me, um, I was alone, and then I could allow myself to be vulnerable. Only much, much, much later did I understand the power of vulnerability because the, the it you it is a true power when you as a leader go out there and say damn i stuffed up here i made a mistake hey look guys i made a mistake here let's all learn from it mm -hmm. or or you know if you foster a, a relationship in your in your work environment mm -hmm. where you uh foster openness and vulnerability it's beautiful You know, when a nurse comes to you and said, hey, look, my mum has just been admitted to a hospital with dementia. I'm really not, I'm really not today at it. Can you just keep an eye on me? I'm, and, you know, I might make some mistakes or so. And this is so beautiful. This is vulnerability. So if we can actually use that to our advantage, especially when you're working in close-knit teams, then it is a power. It's, it's taking ownership. It's accepting that we can't be 100% all the time. But if you're actually vulnerable, then you let other people help you. And especially as a leader, it gives you a human side. It gives you a, a stronger side. I strongly believe that, that we should encourage vulnerability at the right times. Mm -hmm. At the right times. Okay, there are times when you just have to shut up and do whatever is necessary. Okay, if I'm in the middle of an emergency, I can't mm -hmm. just fall apart and cry. Mm -hmm. Okay, there are times when you have to kick ass. And then there are times when you actually say, guys, now we stop. As we, we don't just carry on with the next case in theater. Let's actually sit together and, and see what the hell has just happened to you. Mm -hmm. okay, that's vulnerability. That's being open. That's being wonderful. Mm -hmm. So therefore, vulnerability is a power that you guys, if you if you harness it correctly, will mm -hmm. make you a better human, a better leader, a better person all around. Yes, I absolutely agree with you. And my next question is, how did you heal from the impact of, you know, PTSD, anxiety and depression? Well, um, well, All these traumas, all these things, they come in layers. And your healing process equally comes in layers. Mm -hmm. It doesn't all happen at once. In my particular case, I needed to get rid of the alcohol to start off with. 
and I put all my my focus on that, and yeah, I did it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they told me, oh, that's only the start. And I said, what do you mean oh, only the start here? I'm look, I'm the, the master student here. Come on, I can run classes about algorithms. Come on. And then, of course, life happens, and then, of course, challenges happen. So it is, it is what it is. So uh, when you go on this journey of trying to find self-love and and integrity, authenticity, all these beautiful words that for many people mean nothing, but once you actually start experiencing little things here and there, you start growing. You start developing habits that will bring you more reliably into the direction of being a better human. Whilst you can see that maybe not such nice habits like the getting drunk, like the using any kind of other addictive behavior to just run away. Well, that gives you a a microsecond of relief uh, from the tension and from the pain and then what? Typically, then you've got more shame and guilt, etc. So it's it's you know you start with habits and you start with little breakthroughs. For me, resentment and anger was huge in my mm-hmm. life because a lot of thing happens ha- things happened to me. Mm-hmm. So um, it I never I never really took ownership for those parts of of what has happened where I contributed. And that was that was a skill that I had to learn the hard way very early on with my my case manager there who helped me in the, in the first month, and it was wow. Uh, she gave me a certain book to read, um, and that book was uh, very brutal to what happened to the the woman there, and it it completely threw me. Um, without going into too many details, I thought, oh boy. I have nothing against this woman, uh, or you know, in a competition, mm-hmm. she wins hands down. Yet, is there a competition between trauma? How how bizarre is that? But I had to see, I had to read that book to understand who the hell are you, Stefan, to actually um, be so resentful uh, to others. So, putting a perspective in it and starting to become more human rather than this angry, angry man. And that was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And then being taught to habits, being forced into habits of having um, sober fun, of actually communicating, of actually just doing all those things that, that lead you to become a good leader, uh, that uh, bring you to become a good leader or bring you to become a good human. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I use them interchangeably. Um, it is a beautiful, beautiful thing. But there's for each and every one of us, there will be different steps in different sequences. Mm-hmm. Most of them are the same. If you, if you tend to, 10 years down the line, if you look back, then most of us have gone through similar steps at various points, depending upon the people who came into your life, the insights that they allowed you to have, the insights that you yourself had. It's just sometimes it can be a little word from someone in a little side sentence that suddenly make you think, huh. Or you listen to a podcast like yours, mm-hmm. uh, Nilo, and, and suddenly you hear something think, wow, I never considered that myself. 
So here you are. You can't you can't necessarily map out a path of discovery,、uh, of of recovery, shall I say, a path of healing,、mm-hmm. because it's well the path is there, but it's very meandering.、Mm-hmm. It goes around corners, left, right, and center, and healers will turn up when you are ready.、Um, after all, remember what I said about denial in my life. Oh, denial was big there. Um, so it was only, and that's that's normal, by the way. Ninety-five percent of people with alcohol use disorder or other addictions will absolutely deny that there's anything wrong with them. So that's normal for many mental health diagnoses.、Um, so, but when you're ready, then you get the first breakthrough, and then maybe nothing happens for half a year, and then suddenly, kaboom, something something will happen, and you get wow, you get another big. Insight, and it is as if someone switches the light on in a certain darkness in your soul, and you think, "Wow, I never f- thought about it like that, or felt something like that, or, or, or." So it's beautiful. So it's very hard to say, "Okay, what were my steps?" But I think getting rid of the the negativity and getting rid of of those things that actually were dragging me down,、uh, fostering those things that reliably. Um, were helping me to be a better human. These were the key, key things, and I call them the five. Or the, the principle I call the five-minute gardener.、Mm-hmm. Imagine you have got a garden,、mm-hmm. and from now on, you decide every day, rain, shine, doesn't matter. You go five minutes into the garden. One day you pull some weeds. Next day you plant something. Next day you prune something. Doesn't matter. Five minutes, never less, never more. Could you imagine that after a week you see a difference in your garden? After a month, your family says, "Well, our garden looks nice."、Um, and then after three months, probably bus tours come along and will say, "Wow, what a nice garden!" You've never done more than five minutes. Imagine now you apply the same principle to your finances, to your career, to your relationship with someone, with your significant other. Could you imagine that after a week, this relationship will be very different, just in a little way, but it will be different. And then after a month, could you imagine that this relationship has blossomed, has developed, has has changed,、mm-hmm. but only by five minutes? You've only put five minutes in there,、mm-hmm. and it's so beautiful. That's the compound interest、uh, that we can put in if we start looking after ourselves. So when we when I say self love, with that I mean sleep well. Make sure you get good sleep, adequate amount and adequate uh, ade- adequate uh, quality.、Um, that you hydrate, that you eat healthy.、Um, there will be times that I have a cheesecake, no problem at all.、Um, but I would say ninety five percent of the time, I will have some some food that is good for my gut microbiome,、um, that is good for my soul, good for my my brain.、Um, So all those kind of things, little things that add up, the, the daily exercise, daily activity, put it all together, and I'm actually setting myself up to win. If I sort of forget that、mm-hmm. or disregard that or disregard that, very soon a darkness comes back into my life. Very soon negativity comes back. I become more irritable. I become more cranky. I be, you know. Maybe suddenly a glass of wine looks really tempting,、mm-hmm. uh, or whatever the addiction is.、Mm-hmm. So your healing is not something that someone else does to you. This is something that you foster,、mm-hmm. that you every day 
put the seeds into the ground, water them, look after your healing. Mm-hmm. And if you if you take that on, it is a beautiful journey. Mm-hmm. But yeah, don't just expect to sit there and somehow you heal. Yeah. Um, it doesn't work like that. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. Uh, you know, if there are some listeners and it, they want to learn more about the topics you have uh, covered in this conversation, where would they find nefinspiration.com um that is my website um i've written three books uh one on sobriety one uh a children's book uh-huh. um and one on depression uh-huh. um i'm i'm very much uh pivoting into the practical ways of of living living a life that is worthwhile living Mm-hmm. um so therefore so if you guys want to check me out nefinspiration.com and i'm on all social media but i'm not a good dancer on tiktok so you don't see me <laughs> shuffling or something like that so i'm not an, on tiktok uh-huh. but uh the, all, all the others are there okay so what is uh to end the uh, end the podcast what is your call for action to our listener after listening to this conversation I want you first to go down there press the like and subscribe button on Nilo's podcast mm-hmm. because she is an amazing host she is wanting to do all the right things she is she is providing you with this beautiful platform she deserves a, a, an applause so therefore like and subscribe her everything um for me uh the if you wanted to check out my steps to sobriety uh the book uh is coming out uh in late february early march the third edition now so the book has grown into a more mature kind of being um so check that out if you wanted to know more about the sobriety and about very practical ways mm. to deal with sobriety but also with many mental health challenges mm-hmm. um So this might be a really good way to start. Otherwise, my call to action for you is to stop for a moment, feel, mm-hmm. breathe, take a deep breath in, let it come all the way into your tummy, slowly breathe out, do that two, three times, then have a nice glass of water, and then applaud yourself because you've just shown yourself love. Mm-hmm. You've just actually done three things that are beautiful. I uh, you you pressed the like and subscribe you took a deep breath plus you hydrated wow you're on a winning streak you're on a healing streak mm-hmm. thank you so much stefan for uh, dr stefan for sharing your knowledge and your experience an absolute honor thank you so much for having me